So my message this morning is called The Right Path. I believe it's part one because I've, I have way too much uh, stuff for one message this morning. So I want to um, spread this out over a few weeks. So today's the, 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 the first installment of The Right Path. So um, I think, uh, as you would know if you've been uh, in church this year, I think we're setting things in order for God to move through us in a more effective way. So the purpose of us as a church, the purpose of every believer is to serve God and to help people find Jesus through what you do. And the purpose of the church is always, has always, and needs to be reminded that we are here to help be a light to the world, a a light in the darkness so people can see Jesus through us. So we want to set those things in order and keep them the main focus and priority because uh, our our theme, if you want to say that, is all for the one, the lost one. It comes from Luke chapter 15, verse 7, where it talks about more joy in heaven when one lost person is saved. And I tell you, if that brings joy in heaven, then that should be something that brings joy to us because we want to be the representations of heaven. And uh, we want to keep that our focus and our mission is to be a light in the darkness. So I want to encourage you to shine your light so that others will see Jesus. Shine your light so others will see Jesus through you. So um, this morning's message, I hope, will help to align ourselves with that plan and that purpose that God has for your life and for us as a church. So Jesus has a plan to propel you to places you've never dreamed of or gone to before. Now, before you all start getting excited, um, I'm not talking about uh, um, exotic destinations, uh, places where you think, oh, well, God didn't take me to the Bahamas yet this year. Uh, No, we're not talking about that. I'm talking about a spiritual Bahamas, if there is one. Sandy beaches, palm trees, and uh, uh, awesome times in the presence of God is what I'm talking about. It's a spiritual destination, not a physical one. So when I say those things, don't interpret, oh, well, God, you didn't give me the speedboat yet, or you, you didn't give me the, 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 the perfect life that I was of dreaming of. We're talking about a spiritual thing that can't be measured in physical things. So uh, always remember that when, when you hear me preach, I'm not talking about God's going to give you a red carpet or, or, or a magic ride into all that you ever dreamed or imagined. It's called a spiritual thing uh, that God wants to do in our hearts. Because we live in an age conditioned that life is all about our choice and our comfort. Um, uh, a, a conflict arises in our spiritual journey when we've got that conditioning in a spiritual level in our life. So we've got to recondition some things in our spirit so that we can absorb the, the things of the Holy Spirit. So faith choice, sorry, faith choices are scary. So they always are. And they are the path that lead to life. I'll say that again. Faith choices are scary. They always are. They are the path that lead to life. Now, I'm not going to explain to you this morning all about what a faith choice is. Uh, I suppose I better. A faith choice is when you make a choice that doesn't seem right in the natural, but is what God is calling you in the spiritual, in the supernatural. So hopefully, yeah, we'll look at that more in the next, uh, next installment of this, me- of this message. See, in a dramatic way, we see in, modern, in the modern Christian, if we're not careful, if we're not aware a deformity, a disfiguration of discipleship. 
So Jesus said to the, to the church before he left, to, to the disciples, he said, now go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize, make disciples. And so if we're, not, if we're not aware of how we make disciples or how we follow Jesus personally ourselves, then we can find that we, we create a deformity, a disfiguration of what the church should really look like. Now, we don't want to be a disfigured, uh, deformed kind of people. We want to be a church of God that is powerful, upright, standing tall, walking and marching in the, in the things of God to do great things, to do great exploits. So we, we can be missing our best from God because we chose our own path. And so we're thinking, well, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. You ever had that feeling? I'm missing something? I get that every day. It's either I'm missing my glasses I'm missing my car keys, I'm missing my wallet, and I'm missing my phone. It's either one of those or sometimes two of those. But it's always, every day, I'm going to leave, hang on, where's my phone? And if I'm talking to someone, I'll be thinking, where's my phone, where's my phone? Walking around the house looking for it, and I think, oh, it's in my hand, it's on my ear. But we don't want to live our life missing our best from God because we chose our own path. It's a really challenging thing. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14 says this. You can enter... God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is... Oh, we said hell in church. The highway to hell, it's a reality we need to talk about and a reality we need to understand. So the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Now I'll explain this to you. God's way is not the highway. Now, it's described as a narrow path because it offers us our own unique pilgrimage with God. So the pathway you have isn't crowded with everybody else where you've got to you know, elbow your way through the crowd because you're on a journey with God. No, it's a personal journey just between you and God. And I'll tell you, it's really embarrassing when you lose the race when you're the only runner. But people do. Don't lose the race. You're the only runner. There's no need to lose it. Jesus is saying you only have to run in your lane all by yourself. No other competitors. Just chase after me. How's that? So the narrow path looks like faithfulness, submission, unity. See, these are disciplines of the spirit life. They're not trivial. They are vital. just want to say thanks, Jazzy, for doing the, the... Multimedia, great job there. First day, it's her, her maiden voyage on multimedia today and doing a wonderful job. Are you handling it? It's all good? Do you need a fan, water, M&Ms? We'll just tell you, we'll get them organised for you. KFC, it'll be delivered to you right there. Anyone else want to join multimedia? We'll, yeah. <laughs> now I've lost my way. The narrow path. They're disciplined, those things I said, faithfulness, submission, and unity. They're disciplines of the spiritual life. And they're not trivial, they are really vital. So faithfulness, um, there's a few scriptures here. Matthew 24, verse 45. Um, I'm going to cover these next time. Uh, submission, Ephesians 5, verse 21. Um, was it 5, verse 21? And, and when we talk about submission, submit to God first, and then we can submit to one another. There's a lot of times people would say, I remember one guy said to me, he came to the men's prayer meeting one morning. It's a really amazing story. He says to me, uh, so he, he, he was having arguments with me 
all, all the time. He came to church one had an argument with me, and I said, like, hey, come on, I don't need this right now. I don't need this any time. And he said, you know, anyway, he has this argument, and he goes away. And then he comes back to the men's prayer meeting. He says, you know what, I'm sorry. I, I, I ask you to forgive me. God's told me I need to submit to you as, as the pastor of the church. I said, okay, that's fine. That's really good. So then he takes over the prayer meeting. He's just like, he's just like, no one else can pray. No one else can do anything. He's just like yelling and shouting at the top of his voice. And I said to him, hey, just before you told me you're going to submit to my authority, you've prayed enough. Now stop. Let everyone else have a turn. And, uh, and then he says to me, I submit to no man. I submit only unto God. Well, that sounds really awesome, but you know what? God's given us each other, and we need to submit to one to another, not a pastor to the people, but to believers, brothers and sisters together, that we submit to one another, to encourage one another, to exhort one another, and to build each other up. So it's, not a, it's again, not a deformation of our discipleship or, or a, a, um, a, a manipulation of one another, but it's a submission of love and honour of one another. So we need to have those disciplines at work in our life and unity. Um, John chapter 17, verse 23, Jesus talked about he wants unity in the church like there is between him and the Father. And it's, it, it is necessary and it's powerful because when the church uh, really comes together with the, the power of unity, the Holy Spirit moves without measure. The Holy Spirit moves with, with a great flow of power into every individual, and that ought to be the goal that we want to see in our lives and in our church. So, where are we up to? The, the narrow path looks like faithfulness, submission, and unity. So, we'll look at all those more deeply at another time, but I want to make it clear, Jesus has a pathway for you. Jesus has a lane for you. In Jeremiah's day, uh, in, in the, the, looking at the nation of Judah, in Jeremiah's day, the people of Judah had wandered from God's path. They had, they had uh, compromised and they'd entered, uh, entered their hearts uh, with, with everything else that would take God's place. They were distracted and their situation was made worse without God. So they disconnected God from their daily lives. Jeremiah 16 verse 16 tells us this. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. He's talking to the, to the people of Judah. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. See, it's a foolish reply to God's path to life. And just as God called to the people of Judah, Jesus has a godly way for you. And I want to implore you and, and encourage you and challenge you, accept that path because it's good for you. And it's good for the world when you find that place to, to walk that path. So the people of Judah were walking a compromised path. And wherever they had a choice, wherever they found themselves at the crossroad, they were choosing the path away from God, not to God anymore. So I want to tell you something. We can't avoid the, cross, the crossroads, but we can avoid the wrong path. And I want to encourage you with that. You'll always come to crossroads where you'll think, what should I do here? I've never been this way before. I'm not sure what to do. You'll, you'll always come to crossroad points in your life. And when you do, you've got, you've got to choose the pathway that God reveals. So have you ever made a choice and then wondered where life would have taken you if you've, made, if you've not made that choice? Sometimes that's bad and sometimes that's good. But uh, we can live with regret for the path that we're on. 
But no matter how messed up our path may have been, Jesus redeems. That's the whole power of the gospel. It doesn't matter how messed up our pathway was. We think, well, I made, a, I made a choice many, many years ago and it led me down this track and here I am. I don't even know how I got here and I don't want to be here, but I want to tell you, turn to Jesus, bring it to him and he is the redeemer of all things. So, Jeremiah 8 verse 4, again, to the people of Judah and it's relevant to us today, says, this is what the Lord says. When people fall down, don't they get up again? Question. Oh, I fell over and I'm just going to stay here forever. Oh, I fell over. I might take three years before I think of standing up again. And in our spiritual walk, there are times where we fall over. Things happen. Stuff happens. The world has another way of saying that. Stuff happens and we fall over. And then we think, well, I'm just going to lay down here. I'm just going to become, become comfortable. Someone bring me, someone bring me some, some, a, 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 a stretcher. Let me stay here for a little while. No, it says, when people fall down, don't they get up again? When they discover, this is the the main part, when they discover they're on the wrong road, don't they turn back? Don't they turn around? So when on a path that you don't want to be on, get up and turn around and start walking again on the path that God shows you. So there, there are ways to turn around and keep ourselves on the right spiritual path. Um, And and we're going to look at those really quickly. Proverbs 4, verse 25 to 27 says this, keeping ourselves on the path. It says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Verse 26, mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So there's three keys there I'm going to uh, uh, go over so that we can anchor these things into our lives and so that we can stay focused and moving in the right direction on the right path. So number one, look straight ahead. Proverbs 4 verse 25, look straight ahead is, is having a habit in your life, good habits of looking in the right direction so that when you find something comes into your, into your thinking that you say, uh, that's going to take me off course, that's going to take me the wrong way. Look straight ahead is a heart decision. They're daily, a, a daily disciplines, a conviction that Jesus is, that, that comes from a, a, a conviction that Jesus is leading you. So when, when you forget that, that you have Jesus leading you, then you start to wander, you start to get your, your focus and your directions from other things. Look straight ahead. It's a heart decision. So you'll never walk straight while living with a divided heart. So you might be thinking, well, things don't work out for me. Life seems just so hard, awkward, difficult, uh, strange. Uh, Things don't make any sense. I want to tell you, you've got to start to look deeply in yourself and say, Jesus, will you help me to deal with the issues that are dividing my heart and my loyalty in the things of God? So Hebrews 12 verse 2, and Guy uh, used this for his communion this morning, um, keeping our, our lives on track, says we do this, by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So how do we, how do we uh, um, look straight ahead? We look to Jesus. We find Jesus. We find his way. You might think, well, I can't see Jesus. You know what? You'll never see Jesus more than you can see it in here. You'll never know Jesus more than you can read in here. You'll never know Jesus more than is revealed in his word. So I want to encourage you to find that space and place where you 
regularly habit the Word of God in your life. It will help to keep you on the straight path. The second thing um, says to mark out. Proverbs 4 verse 26, mark out. This to me talks about goals that are fixed on Jesus. I mean, always bring it back to Jesus here. Goals that are fixed on Jesus, not our own fantasy. There are so many times where people are saying, I'm disappointed with God, disappointed with church, disappointed with all this stuff, because God didn't unroll the red carpet to my fantasy, didn't make it all happen for me. God didn't say, come to me and I'll deal with your fantasies. He said, come to me and I'll deal with your sin. I'll deal with your brokenness. I'll deal with all those issues of life. And, and we'll see that the, the, the real important things of the spiritual soul and spirit nature will be dealt with. And if you want to you you know, pursue after you know, all those other things, you work hard, you, you honour God, and God will see those things happen in your life. It's not saying it's one or the other. When you honour God, he will honour and lift you up. But you've got to work hard and be lucky too sometimes. Okay, set goals. Marking out is about setting goals one step, one day, one week, one month at a time. Write things down. Set boundaries on things that will develop you spiritually. Set boundaries that will keep you safe within, within God's, God's blessing. So we, we know something. Some things are unethical. And so we should, we should be aware of those things and say, well, I'm not going to run my business that way because that would be unethical. I'm not going to make decisions that are going to harm others just to benefit myself because that is unethical. So we need to realize these things and set goals uh, in in the boundaries of where God's blessing will reach us, not outside of those things. So set boundaries on things will, that will develop you spiritually. Uh, plan, mark out. Things like prayer. Plan and mark out prayer as a, as a discipline in your life. Prayer, uh, uh, plan and mark out when you're going to read your Bible. Uh, plan and mark out times in a year where you're going to fast and spend some special time with God. Plan and mark out to be in church. That's a really hard one. Uh, every Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30, you've got two options. I'm just going to be in the house of God. I'm going to plan and mark that out in my life because they're disciplines that will awaken things in your spiritual world. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, 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 mark and plan out ways to serve God. That's that, you know, there's not a distinction. Well, I serve God out in the world, and, and so I don't serve God in church. You need both. You don't have one or the other. You don't say, well, I, I, my, my ministry is to the world. Yeah, all right, well, we are a body, and we have to minister one to another as well. It's not one or the other. It's not a choice. Well, you know, someone once told me, that, well, I, I can't serve in church because my ministry, my, my mission is to the world. So is ours. But at the same time, we have, we have to edify one another, and we do that by serving one another in love in the house of God as well. So what else is there? Um, serve, and here's a, here's a really rude one, give. Be a giver. And, and that just doesn't mean money. It means lots of other areas of your life. Be a generous person. Um, so all, all, the, all this comes under the heading of routine. Routine is your friend. Repetition is your teacher. Uh, find... Find a mentor in your life. Please, 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 when I say that, find someone with good fruit. So many, you know, and, and I'll tell you, I don't know how good it is. A TV evangelist is never going to be your mentor. A mentor is someone who you talk to, do life with, who can coach you, who can tell you no. That, no, that's not a good idea. No, I wouldn't do that just yet. Yes, why don't you try this? That's what a mentor does. He coaches you. You don't watch that on the TV and say, oh, well, Joyce Meyer's my mentor. No, she's not. She doesn't even know you. 
You know, like Bugs Bunny and Gilligan were mine. Well, this is ridiculous, isn't it? Well, I was getting a bit mean then. That's a mean pastor. But find someone who can help you stay on the course. Find someone who can give you good godly counsel. You know, if someone says, you know, you don't need to do, don't worry about that. Pastor's just been a bit mean. You know, just, just find someone who's, who's coaching you in the, the, the things that develop you spiritually and, and uh, honours God in that, in that part of life. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I'm going to really have to speed through now. Third one, deal with the sidetracks. Proverbs 4 verse 27. You've got to be aware of what sidetracks you. We all have our own sidetracks. Um, there's a busy sidetrack. There's the offended sidetrack. There's a lazy sidetrack. There's a, the religious pride sidetrack. There's lots of sidetracks we have in life that we think, well, I'm just going to put these things. Uh, they're really cool. They're really fun. I really enjoy it. And God, God must uh, um, uh, you know, give, give me uh, these things in my life, but they can become sidetracks that lead us away from the path that God has planned. So a big part of that is dealing with distractions uh, and dealing with the distractions in the right way makes a difference in our life. So um, I know one person who had a problem personally, this is a long time ago when we used to watch televisions, and they, they had a problem with TV and, and watched way too much TV. So they said, that's it, no more TV in the house. And they, they banned TV, their kids could never watch TV, the wife could never have a TV. So they, they banned television from out of the house totally altogether. You know, that's probably an extreme reaction uh, to, to a, a, a small part of life. But uh, what I want to say is deal with distractions in the right way and make the difference in your life. You don't have to go to extreme things all the time. Just, just deal with it in a way that says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to develop my own, uh, my own ability to cut off, to, 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 to know when to draw the line. You develop that yourself. You don't say, well, it's extreme now. Uh, I think you know, I'm going to make big drastic things all the time um, that, that maybe hurt you in the long run. Philippians 3 verse 13 says this, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. It's all about focusing attention. And then it says, keep your feet from following evil. Uh, Proverbs 4 verse 14 and 15 says, uh, don't do as the wicked do and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. So, I want to tell you something, sin is contagious and that department in our lives doesn't need encouragement. You've got to keep your feet, surround yourself with godly people. Um, don't follow another down the wrong path. It's wrong for them and it's wrong for you. So we need to realise by allowing God's spirit to speak to us, God's word to be enlightening our path and we'll know, well, that might be okay for them. Maybe it's not okay for them, but it's certainly not going to be okay for me. And there's lots of ways that those, those small little increments of compromise will come into our thinking and into our life. And then we start to follow those things and then go, oh, whoops, how did I end up here? Because you made a series of compromise steps that led you down the wrong path. So can I have the musicians come back and join me, please? Psalm 32, verse 8. It says, the Lord says... I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. So can we all please just stand right across this place with, it, with me this morning?
if we could just close your eyes and, and take this part personally as a direct message from Jesus to you. And all we ought to do right now is respond to that, to that call. So we're going to make Psalm 32.8 a declaration, a prayer, and declare that in faith that we truly believe what Jesus is saying to us about the pathway forward. I want to pray over, I want us to pray over ourselves just for a second. I'm going to read out that Psalm 32 verse 8 and I'm going to have just a, a, a couple, of, couple of seconds really, 30 seconds or so where you just pray that over yourself, whatever particular part speaks to you. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Just start to talk to God now and say, God, I want to receive that. Now, if you don't mind, I want to pray for everyone here in this place. Why don't we just raise our hands as a sign that we're open and we want to receive something from Jesus today. Lord, I pray over each person here in this place that you'll guide us. Lord, we want to trust you that you have the best plan, the best path planned for me. Jesus, I pray that you be our advisor. Jesus, watch over us. Jesus, help us to look straight. Lord, we want to mark out a path. Lord, deal with the distractions in my life. I want to stay on the right path, your path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.